Full Credit to the Boys is brought to you using quality microphones and interfaces from Rode Microphones. Australian owned and operated, Rode products are world-class audio equipment. If you're creating a podcast or making music, you need Rode on your side. Rode Microphones, exclusive audio sponsor of Full Credit to the Boys. This week on Full Credit to the Boys, Anthony Seabold in a bold experiment to see how hard it is to be sacked at the Broncos. AFL adds four new Sydney expansion teams, and Adam Hawes drops by. Welcome to Full Credit to the Boys. Well, hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to Full Credit the Boys, live from the Craig Gower Quarantine Studios. That's right, Victorians, you're not welcome. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at FCTTB underscore podcast, Instagram, FCTTB podcast, all one word. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at former underscore legend, or search the hashtag, I'm not your father. Uh, you can find the bloke to my right on Twitter at Sid Punts, all one word. He's a man who this week implored Scott Morrison to make a law that all Victorians have to wear orange flags attached to the backs so we can identify them in public. He is set to be in an upcoming episode of Ando's Brush with Fame. And tonight, he's wearing a necklace made of seashells. Welcome, Sid. Yes, thank you, former. Hello, Australia. Not you, Victoria. Hello, world. <laughs> I am wearing a necklace made out of shells. I just spent a few days down the coast mm. and I've uh, found a new skill. I'm good at making jewellery, apparently. <laughs> Here's one I made for you, buddy. Pearl okay. necklace. Well, it's not the kind of necklace that you'd normally go for, but it's uh, one made out of macaroni. I think it looks good. <laughs> In these unprecedented times, I'm just trying to make it a little bit of extra cash. Side cash. Yeah, I'm going all Ian Thorpe, making men's necklaces now. I remember when uh, Thorpe came out with his own pearl necklace, and yep. it was a sight to behold. It was indeed. This is Brian Henderson. I'm Alan Jones. I'm Vivian Chin. This is Kent Brockman. I'm on Burgundy. The stories that will hit the headlines tomorrow. Our first story comes from the Lily Pilly Post, and it's uh, sex workers plead for a return to work in full length plastic suits. <laughs> a group of Bolivian sex workers say they're prepared to wear full biosecurity suits as long as they can return to work during the pandemic. After hearing of these full-length plastic suits, many German men have inquired about flights to Bolivia. Uh, the women say the suits will protect them and their clients from contracting the deadly coronavirus that has ravaged through the South American nation. They will also ban kisses and wear masks, as well as transparent protective suits over their clothing. Other protocols will include more cleaning of rooms and use of hand sanitizer. We are part of society, they said. The majority of us, us are single mothers. We have children and live alone. We need to earn money, one woman said who gave her name only as Luna. Uh, similar scenes are being played out down at Tempe Strippers with uh, Gemini, Chimera and Triton Twin Cab all wearing high-vis. <laughs> But that's mainly because they'd all just finished their other shifts as traffic controllers. Yeah, they're doing it tough down there at Tempe. Now, landlocked Bolivia has uh, had more than 10,000 COVID-19 infections since the deadly virus reached there in mid-March. In early June, authorities eased a strict lockdown designed to slow the virus spread, but continued door-to-door checks in regions with severe outbreaks. Uh, some are calling it Little Victoria. Uh, s- some work, including sex work, also remained banned in the South American country. Yeah, look, I think it's time to go back to work and get a bit of normality. Not you, Victoria. But when, 
when governments are looking at easing restrictions, Bolivian prostitution should be top, top of their list. I know the uh, United Nations is looking into this as we speak. 35 blokes from the UN have just flown to Bolivia to check out some brothels, make sure they're safe. They do good work, how the you, UN. How do you get on that committee? Oh, I've been trying for years. They do good work there. And... Uh, this needs to happen, former. Uh, as you know, I've been to South America. I've been to Peru, Brazil, Chile. You are gay. Beautiful part of the world. Beautiful ladies. I don't know how you go visiting a brothel and the lady is wrapped in glad wrap, <laughs> but you got to earn a dollar or a peso or whatever. I can't remember. And when you're finished, you just wipe yourself off like a whiteboard. There's a lot of pros to it. FCTTV. Next story comes from the Cobar Chronicle. Uh, savage star sign horoscopes from 1979 unearthed with insulting predictions. Oh, good. Now, if you're in the habit of reading the horoscopes designed, uh, sorry, assigned to your zodiac sign, you'll be familiar with the fairly cryptic messages that come with them. Uh, but it not, might not have always been that way. After a set of horoscopes printed in 1979 were unearthed, uh, reading more like a list of brutal insults than dreamy predictions for the future. These are great, aren't they? Uh, the, yeah. Well, we'll get into that because uh, the readings were posted by Twitter user at Friends 300 and have gained more than 543,000 likes, similar to one of your posts, Sid, yep. um, as people are left in stitches in the no-nonsense approach. Aquarius is up first and nicely sets the tone for what's to come, saying those born between January 20 and February 18 are, in, are inventive and progressive before uh, stating uh, you make the same mistakes reported repeatedly because you're stupid. Everyone <laughs> thinks you're a fucking jerk. <laughs> We'll just run through a few of them for yeah, you. Yeah, go for it. Uh, Pisces, you have a vivid imagination and often think that uh, you are followed by the FBI or the CIA. <laughs> you have no influence on your friends at, uh, as people resent you for flaunting <laughs> wow, your this power. Is brutal. Uh, Aries, you are the pioneer type and think that most people are dickheads <laughs> and you are quick-tempered, impatient and scornful of advice. You are essentially a prick. Uh, Taurus, uh, basically you are unpractical. And but persistent, you have a dogged determination to work like hell. Most people think you are stupid and stubborn and bullheaded. You're nothing but a damn communist. <laughs> um, almost 11,000 people replied to the post with one commenting, I never thought a horoscope would attack me like that. A second said, whoever wrote that about uh, Leo was obviously hurt by a Leo. Uh, another replied, still on point, I'm a typical 1979 Aries. Um, but uh, I think this is a time that we... Um, Preview or sorry, um, reveal. Debut, yeah, reveal it's something we've been thinking about for a while. Yeah, we're going to put this on the app. And, um, well, as you know, back in the day, I used to do 0055 horoscope yeah. readings for yeah. people, just did a lot of 0055 work back in the day. Yeah, um, but uh, I thought we'd show or we'd play today, July 2020, Mystic Formers horoscope predictions. July, July is a big, big month, month for Zodiacans. A new moon graces us on the 7th of July, which puts a Mars in Uranus. And don't forget that Venus is in reserve grade. July is a big month for favourite backers, so let's have a look at what the stars have in store for you. Aries! You've probably got the Rona. Taurus! Go and play Queen of the Nile now. It's about to pay. Gemini! Delete your internet history. Seriously. Cancer! Your dog, Your dog is trying, trying to figure, figure out how to kill, kill you. you. Leo! Do, Do something, something about, about your, your bad, bad breath. breath. 
Virgo. Stop telling everyone to watch Ozarks. Libra. Get that lump checked out. Scorpio. There's 20 bucks in an old pair of jeans in your cupboard. Sagittarius. Everyone knows what you did in the bathroom at your nan's. Capricorn. Your neighbour wants to bang your missus. Aquarius. You're putting on weight, tubby. Saturday, race seven, number three. And that's your stars for the month of July. Good luck to favourite backers. I'm Mystic Former. It's pretty accurate. Scary. Yeah. We're going to put that on the app. People can subscribe. Do it for a lot of years now. You have. People have been very impressed. I'm a um, horoscope astrologer to the stars. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's very good. If you want to hear uh, former's August predictions, let us know. We might put that in again. Next story comes from the Dunny-Doo Bugle, and it's uh, Insecure Bride sacks her 14-year-old sister as a bridesmaid for having huge boobs. What a bitch. Um, a bridesmaid is demoted from her role as a, at her sister's wedding after being told she looked too good in her dress. And good news, though, since she's been promoted into the royal family. Now, the 14-year-old explained that her sister asked her to be one of her bridesmaids at her wedding in a few months' time. When it came to her bridesmaids' dresses, uh, the bride picked out a gorgeous pinky red colour, coral, I think we call that in the business, uh, with ruffles on the top for her bridesmaids' dress. Sounds hideous. After Go on. <laughs> after trying it on, she couldn't wait to show her sister how pretty it looked. But when she stepped out of the change rooms um, with the other bridesmaids, she was horrified at her sister's reaction. The bridesmaid explained, my sister looked at me and her face just freezes. She uh, said, I asked her if she didn't like it and she just kind of looks at me and sighs and then goes, your boobs look huge, which stunned me for a moment. Apparently the bride uh, thought her curves would take away the attention from her and her fiancé on the big day. She said, you can't um, you can't wear that to my wedding. Have you seen the bride? No. Yeah, I Googled her. No good. Anything would take attention away. <laughs> She's no good. I say okay, uh, so we can return these dresses and pick out some other ones if you don't like these. She kind of shakes her head and goes, no, that's not what I meant. I'm confused by now. She goes, I like the dress. Just not you in it. Whoa, what a bitch. By then, I'm like, what the fuck do you mean? And this bitch goes, I don't want any attention straying away from me and my fiancé. I'm sorry, but you can't be my bridesmaid. What about the mouth on her for a 14-year-old? Well, her fiancé was there and her fiancé agreed. Although he did say, give it four years and you can legally be my girlfriend. Yeah, that's Uh, That's a crook joke. Keep going. (laughs) I'm angry now. Uh, So the problem is that I look great in the dress and she just sheepishly nods. As a result, the other bridesmaids pulled out of the wedding until the bride apologised and uh, agrees to let her sister be a bridesmaid again. The bride later messaged her sister and tells her she'd ruined her wedding. She replied, fuck off pancake tits. Yeah, the wedding was ruined. It was going to be a huge affair as well with heaps of celebrities in attendance. The 14-year-old's boyfriend, Jeffrey Epstein, was said to be furious with the treatment her sister gave her. And the whole day was ruined. Good luck to that bloke marrying her anyway. Run for the hills, lad. Get out of there. Sounds like a real catch. NRL. I'm glad we successfully negotiated that uh, story. (laughs) NRL. (laughs) It was some... 
There's some touchy moments there. I've got to be honest. To talk about there, but took, we got away with it. Took seven jokes out of that. Um, <laughs> NRL round eight review, and we started on Thursday night. Well, with the game of the century, it certainly was. Um, the Storm were too strong for the Roosters, winning 27 points to 25. Now, I'd actually don't know where to start with this game, Sid. It seriously was one of the games of great games of rugby league. Yep. Not just this year, but it might be in the final for great games of all time. The scores were locked to 24 all with 40 seconds left on the clock when Rooster. Luke Keary landed a field goal from 35 metres out. Somehow, the Storm got the ball back from a short kickoff and two tackles up their sleeve with Ryan Papagiorgio levelling it up with a cool-as-a-cucumber field goal of his own from the same distance. The game then went into Golden Point when the Storm's Dale Finucane um, charged into the <laughs> tricolours 20 metres. Roosters hooker Jake Friend pushed him over as he went to play the ball. Cameron Smith stepped up as he has done his whole career and iced the win with a penalty goal. Yeah, what a cracking game of footy this was. Three of the first four tries only came about through mistakes as both teams, they were both hard to crack. There were some massive hits, some great attacking play. Both teams just threw themselves at each other with 10 minutes to go. The Roosters had the best of the match, but then it just all turned on its head. Mm. It was an unbelievable game that I still don't know how the Storm won. Do you take anything away from it long term? Do you think... Do you learn anything from it? Because I actually think now, are the Storm actually the real deal? Because I thought they might have been the usual top four and then maybe drop off. Yeah, no, or they're... do we look at the Roosters and say, perhaps without um, Victor the Inflictor? Exactly. Uh, are they a little bit weaker and brings them back to the field a bit? That's what I think. But uh, one thing you learn, but if you haven't learned this already, you're an idiot. Never underestimate the Storm. They're cool in a crisis. They didn't panic. Yeah. Well, it's always handy when... The coach is out the field with you, isn't it? Yeah, it's a good point. Uh, the game had so many twists and turns in the final minutes that it's easy to forget that the Roosters had a 22 points to 12 lead with nine minutes left on the clock uh, when Josh Morris crossed. That was after his twin brother, Brett Morris, crossed uh, at, as for the Roosters' first try in the first half with the veteran sweeping on a pass from Papa Giorgio to Justin Olin, which went to ground as the Storm attacked from their own end. The form of the two Morris twins has been many calling for them to both be selected for State of Origin at the end of the year. Yeah, they were in, enormous in this one, the Morris twins. One of them scored two tries and the other one, he scored one try. Uh, the opening try in this match was scored by Flanagan, but it was great work from Brett Morris who picked up the loose ball from a Melbourne mistake and instead of just going to ground and playing for field position, he shrugged off two Storm players, offloaded to Flanagan. They had a great night, the Morris triplets, two of them. But somehow, again, after leading 22-10 with only 10 minutes to go, they let it slip the roosters. Mm. After a tumultuous week uh, relocating their, to their new Sunshine Coast base in the wake of the COVID-19 crisis, Melbourne Storm coach Craig Bellby said he was very proud of the fight shown by his side in the comeback win. It makes me real proud of them. Having said that, had we been beaten by 10 points, I still would have been fairly proud of him, Bellamy said. We got 10 behind against a team that has been head and shoulders above every other team since the break. So it would have been easy for our blokes to say it was going to be too hard. To their credit, they kept fighting. It was a physical game, especially in the first half. It was a real arm wrestle. Yeah, it was a real arm wrestle. Cam Smith kicked a conversion from out wide that hit the post, but still went over. Then Flanagan, he backed himself with two minutes to go to equalise with that penalty kick from out wide. Wasn't was, that awesome? Uh, and he was pumped about it too. Not as pumped as Gus Gould was. Mm. He's still jerking off about that. <laughs> uh, but then with 40 seconds to go on the clock, Kiri kicked a field goal 
It was all over. No, it wasn't. Papa Giorgio, <laughs> how good was Papa Giorgio's field goal? He's standing there basically with his hands on his hips pretending he's not going to get the ball and he got the ball mm. and slotted it over. It was an amazing game of footy, pretty exciting last two minutes. But it just goes to show that these teams are head and shoulders above the rest yeah, in they this are. comp at the moment. Uh, shout out to Penrith and Parramatta. Raiders, well, they were too strong for the Dragons on Thursday, winning 22 points to 16. Now, after a couple of losses on the trot, the Raiders returned to a Geom Cold Stadium and to the winner's circle, uh, handing Ricky Stewart his 200th win as a coach, uh, holding on from a fast-finishing Dragons to win by a converted try. Up 18-0 at halftime, the Raiders had to withstand a late surge from the Dragons with Matt Dufty scoring a double to test the nerves of the green machine all the way until the end of the game. Yeah, Duffman, he was on the outer with Mary at the Dragons to uh, start the season. But now with the introduction of a 13-man selection panel at St. George (laughs) picking the team each week, this guy is getting some game time and he nearly got the Dragons back in this one. But giving up a 22-0 lead is always hard to pull back. Ricky Stewart started with Papali on the bench. Do you reckon if Papali went and played for the Warriors, they would then call him Papali? <laughs> yeah, 100%. I've always wondered that. Would have put two apostrophes in there somewhere. <laughs> Ricky started with Papali on the bench and was going to bring him on late in the match, but those plans went out the window when injuries crueled the Raiders, but they hung on at home to snap a two-game losing streak Back at home at GM Cold Stadium. Well, like you said, it wasn't all good news for the Raiders after they were forced to finish the game with just one bloke on the bench with veteran forward Soliola uh, looking to have suffered a suspected broken jaw while Emre Gula uh, had a, well, that was a shocking leg uh, problem and Elliot Whitehead had an eye problem. They were all casualties. With the number of Raiders gone from the game, the Dragons gave themselves some hope. But to be honest, a win would have been a bit of an injustice to the Raiders given the way the first 60 minutes went in the game. Yeah, they were in control for the first hour. And Sid's rough punt looked good, giving the Dragons 10 and a half. But then the Dragons fought back and ruined my life. Mm. It'll be interesting to see how the Raiders perform from here to the rest of the season. Now they don't have to travel up to Campbelltown for their home games. But their draw in the next few weeks is a tough one. They face Melbourne at home, Roosters away. Well, not, not at home. Not you, Victoria. Yeah, no, not in Victoria. <laughs> Roosters away. And then they play Souths at home in the next three weeks. It is a tough draw for the Green Machine. Now, there's an interesting chat before the game from respected Fox commentator, Brandy Alexander, who labelled Ben Hunt one of the worst signings in the history of the game. Geez, they're throwing that <laughs> phrase out a lot lately, but go on. Hunt has been moved back to the bench to play as a hooker by supercoach Mary McGregor, uh, and to be fair, has improved his game, although Dragons fans could fairly ask how a bloke uh, signed as a halfback for five years for $1.2 million a year could be deemed a success playing from the bench for 40 minutes a game. There's a lot of talk about Ben Hunt. He's their million-dollar man. He's coming off the bench, Alexander said. But it's working and he's playing well. You don't change You don't change it because he's on a lot of money. Well, which is it, Brandy? Well, let's go back a couple of years. Signing Ben Hunt for $1.2 million a year for six years was one of the worst signings in the history <laughs> of the game because now he's coming off the bench as a dummy half. But he's doing a good job. What about get <laughs> off the fence? He doesn't mind having a foot in either camp, does he? Um, predictably. Former Queensland coach Mal Meninga argued Alexander's point, saying it's not a 13-man game, it's a 17-man game. Now, the other presenter on the Fox at the time, uh, Corey Parker, said something, but no one really listened. (laughs) That's true. Yeah, Mal Meninga saying that St. George paid overs is hilarious. 
Here's a bloke that's offered David Fafita everything. <laughs> we'll give you $5 million, but uh, before you answer, we're happy to go higher. <laughs> if that's not enough, let us know. <laughs> Look, it's, it was a controversial signing at the time when they signed Hunt and St. George fans are probably upset. I don't know. I don't talk to them. <laughs> Seeing their big money player coming off the bench. But uh, St. George fans, they're never happy. We all know that Ben Hunt can play footy. Perhaps there are other issues at play at St. George that need to be fixed. What do you reckon? So that we can see Ben Hunt get back to his best. Uh, the second game on Friday night saw the Eels, well, just absolutely dominate the Cowboys 42 points to four. In just 80 minutes of footy, the Eels not only destroyed the Cowboys, they also relegated Mitch Moses to a long stretch in reserve grade. Sorry, I've got to be excited. As they prove they're a better team without the nephew of Isaac Moses. Uh, the Cowboys <laughs> the Cowboys started the game strongly before dead set putting the cue in the rack as Parramatta went on a try-scoring blitz, crossing the stripe seven times to give North Queensland a massive reality check. The Eels moved to the top of the table for the interim with just the one loss for the year, while the Cowboys were handed their fifth loss of the year, pushing them further from the top eight. Yeah, this was an absolute demolition by the Eels. They are going... From strength to strength, they're building very nicely. Don't press that. (laughs) They absolutely hammered the hapless Cowboys. Seven tries the Eels scored. Seven tries. Let that sink in. But do you think old Dick Fingers could deliver one for Sid's rough punt? No. Typical. Ferguson bludging on his wing as Sebo takes all the glory. Well, I'm glad you mentioned the Fijian flyer. You can use that. Yeah, that's what um, I call him. Sevo scored four tries to rocket up to equal second for tries scored for the year. But according to Full Crew, the boys' backyard stats lab, Goldtooth Tony and his loose-stooled brother, Brown Arnese Barry, <laughs> it wasn't just his quartet of tries that should be celebrated from this game. He finished with four tackles. That's right, four of four them. Four tackles. 128 running metres, 37 of those were post-contact. But listen to this. Yeah. Four line breaks and seven tackle busts. Yeah, and 150 super coach points. Mm. He was uh, awesome in this one, Sebo, or as I call him, the Fijian flyer. Ooh, just be careful using that. Yeah, I don't know if you're allowed to say that anymore. But uh, seriously, what was going on with the right-hand defense for the Cowboys? It was like they just left Sebo unmarked all night. <laughs> I know he's a beast of a bloke. I don't want to is tackle that, him. Is that Masters' side? It was Masters' side. Interesting. Why did we um, let him go again? Yeah, no, we got ridiculed as well. But anyway, <laughs> there were some shocking reads in defence over on that side and the Eels ran amok down that side all night. All King Gutho had to do to look good was run to the line and then just pass it to Sivo. It worked every single time. I'm glad you brought the King up because right now, Clint the Taurus Gutherson. Yeah, who called him King Gutho? I don't know. It's the Taurus. Taurus. Yeah, Clint. Yeah. Uh, Taurus Gutherson is in rare form. It seems no matter what he does, it comes up roses. Except his haircut. <laughs> he was... Oh, it's horrible. Yeah. Barry Blowwave. Yeah, he was... Cold, he wants his wig back. He was handed, he was handed the goal-kicking duties for this game due to the absence of uh, Isaac Moses' nephew, Mitchell Moses, and calmly slotted a couple of shots from the sideline on his way to seven from eight. But it wasn't just his goal-kicking... Taurus celebrated his 100th NRL game in style. He ran for 222 metres, set up three tries, busted six tackles and created three line breaks. Yeah, look, they don't need Mitch. King Gutho just carved him up all night. If anything, Moses, he just gets in the way. The Eels have the like Knights. <laughs> the Eels have the Knights and Manly in the next two weeks. 
Then they could come crashing back to earth against the Tigers. But they are having a great season. And for all you Eels fans out there, I'm on board. People might think I'm death riding them. I'm not. Remember last year? Can you feel it? (laughs) I could feel Canberra all year. Now it's your turn, Para. Saturday, Super Saturday began with uh, the under-18s when the the Cronulla Sharks, 40, were too strong for the Titans, 10. Despite being up by just 12, 10 at halftime, the Sharks dominated the Titans in the second half to finish seven tries to two, holding their opposition to nil in the second 40. Uh, The Sharks picked up their fourth win of the year and their third in a row, while the Titans' sixth loss from eight games give hopes to the Gold Coast locals that they can still secure that uh, long-awaited third wooden spoon in a row. Yeah. It's three wins on the trot for the Sharkies. Uh, Lynn G and Beer Boy apparently still out partying at the vinyl room in their black, white and teal scarfs after this game. Uh, they're sitting in equal seventh with the Mighty Tigers, the Sharkies, after this win. But for the Titans, it's back to normality. After their win against the Broncos last week, they were totally dominated in the second half. Smashed 40 to 10. The one that I feel sorry for in all of this is David Fafita. I mean... Who does he go to? The team that's lost six in a row or the team that's lost two in a row? Exactly. Tough decisions coming ahead for that young man. In another weekend of injuries across the NRL, the Sharks once again are staring at a period without star fullback Matt Moylan, who left the field 30 minutes into the game with what looked to be another hamstring injury. Moylan, who set up the Sharks' first try, was replaced in the first half with scores locked at 6-all. But the 29-year-old has struggled with continuous hamstring injuries that restricted him to just 11 games in 2019 and three games this season before hurting it again. Gold Coast also suffered blows to key positions with hooker Mitch Rain succumbing to a leg injury around the same time as Moylan. The replacement rake, Tana Boyd, injured his left shoulder and was taken from the field midway through the second half but was able to return later on the game. Yeah, Matty Moylan breaking down yet again. He misses some games former. A telling stat for Cronulla side... Mm. Moylan, Wade Graham, Townsend and Sean Johnson have only played seven games together in the past two seasons. Yeah, Probably their four best players. Yeah, out of those seven games, it's been the past three where they've won three in a row. Interesting. But they just can't keep all four on the park at the same time. And so it is again. Matty Moylan looking to be sidelined for a month, they're predicting. Sharks coach John Morris once again played star front rower Andrew Fafita from the bench, and the demotion seems to have sparked the big bloke into some sort of form. According to Full Crew of the Boys Backyard Stats Lab, the dangerous ice pick Paul and his crack addict brother, ice smoking Steve. Fafita finished with a try to go with 20 tackles, 180 running metres, a line break, and five tackle busts. Only 88 super coach points, though, but if you captained him, it would have been 176. Oh, what if you vice captain him? Speaking of super coach, you put a joker on it. <laughs> Can so you, you do you that? You don't know how it works. Uh, but speaking of super coach, make him the goal kicker. Super coach John Morris has replaced Fafita with walking legal firm Braden Hamlin Ueli <laughs> and Associates, and it seems to be working a treat over there in the Shire. The legal firm crossing for the Sharks' first try and finishing the game with 156 running meters, 18 tackles two tackle busts and a line break in 58 minutes of game time. It's going well, the rotation over there, and this 21-year-old prop is in some good form for the Sharkies. It's not often 14 v 15 gets all the headlines uh, for the week. Yep. But the Warriors were too strong for the Broncos, I should say, 26 points to 16. 
Uh, might have just been me, Sid, but given the rumours coming out of the Warriors camp about players wanting to go home, I genuinely could not have backed the Warriors with someone else's money. No. And after a first half double to wing a Xavier Coates had the Broncos ahead 10-0 after just 27 minutes, I was congratulating myself on being an absolute genius. Yep. Somehow, in the next 50 minutes, the Warriors scored 26 points and the Broncos only scored another six. And let's not forget, this was uh, all without New Zealand captain and superstar Roger tuivasa Sheck. Oh, and the Warriors also copped the blow five minutes into the game as star 5'8", Cody Nikarima's night was ended by a head knock having been steamrolled while Tavita Pangoi Jr. He did get steamrolled. Now, it's a fair indication of just how bad the Broncos are travelling that they could lose this game, especially given the, uh, the heat that they'd been under over the past week. Yet, here we are. The Bronco, uh, sorry, the Warriors are undefeated at Gosford this year, um, and the Broncos sit in second last on the ladder. And I'm not a genius. No, you're not a genius, uh, but it really is a reflection of how bad the Broncos are going. Here, the homeless and homesick Warriors, they've sacked their coach. Players want to go home. The Broncos... They're getting, getting fill-ins from other clubs. Yep. It's, it's unbelievable. The Broncos are up 10-0 just before halftime. And the Warriors somehow fought back and beat the Broncos uh, in what finished to be a pretty entertaining game of footy as long as you're not a Broncos fan. <laughs> but the Kiwi fans, they're all eating lolly cakes now celebrating. According to Full Crew of the Boys, Backyard Stats Lab, house invading Harry and his ugly cousin, house haunting Harvey, Warriors winger Far Ken Mamola uh, returned to 2019 form, scoring two tries to go with uh, a tackle, that's right. One tackle. Uh, 247 running metres. 97 of those were post-contact. Two line breaks and seven tackle busts. He was full of running. He did one tackle and mm. one try assist. He just hogged the ball, basically, off those stats. But, yeah, far had a good game. His try in the 73rd minute was unbelievable. He somehow lifted his foot into the air when getting dragged over the sideline. I know this is being said every week, but... Wingers doing that now are unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. If you can't, and it's so spectacular. You can't do it. You're not getting picked. That's right. It used to be easy to get picked on the wing. That's where I used to get picked. Uh, <laughs> he planted the ball down. Just and the Warriors, the wing, <laughs> Warriors put the icing on the cake five minutes later to upset the Broncos. Uh, the Broncos were very upset by this. Uh, Broncos players were crying after the game. Now, Hannah Hollis... Asked Seabomb why the players were crying after the game, and he said it was because they're shit at football. <laughs> Hard-hitting stuff from Hannah. Yep. Uh, while all the talk after the game was about the Broncos and the future of their coach, the guts and the effort shown by the Warriors, not just in this game but since the COVID shutdown, has been nothing short of remarkable, something we've touched on a few times. Yeah, we have. It's hard to think of one thing that's gone well for the Warriors, since, uh, including sacking their coach, Stephen Kearney, whilst he was balancing a number of players who wanted to return to New Zealand to see their families. Mm -hmm. uh, it shouldn't be forgotten that the win on Saturday marked Todd Payton's first win as a coach, a position he inherited under some pretty dire circumstances. Amongst all the steaming shit around the Broncos, the game of the Warriors should be stood and applauded. Yeah, absolutely. They had plenty of opportunities to drop their heads in this one. They gave away an intercept try. They bombed a certain try in the 36th minute. But they went into the sheds down only 10-6. Uh, they hit the lead. Then a lucky try to one of the great names in the NRL, Herbie Farnworth. Mm -hmm. Looked like the Broncos would go on and win. But the Warriors fought back yet again. And good on them. A great win for them. And uh, Rodney Payton's first win. The game of the round. Forget Roosters v Storm. The West Tigers went down to the Panthers 19 points to 12. Yeah. A heated match between the Tigers and the Panthers was cited by 
a TikTok sensation, Nathan Cleary. Field goal in the 72nd minute. And then a late Dylan Edwards try sealed the deal. Two tries to centre Steve at Crichton inspired the Panthers to a seven-point win over a gallant West Tigers in a fiery clash on Saturday night. The game was in the balance before Cleary's field goal broke a 12-all deadlock with just eight minutes remaining. The game gave the Panthers their sixth win of the year, but for the Tigers, they can hold their heads high after competing until the final minutes of the game against one of the competition's apparent heavyweights. Yeah, it was a fantastic game of footy. It's not the result I wanted, obviously, but... uh... The feeling in this match was fantastic. A real grudge match. The Battle of the Cats. Judas versus the good guys. It was a great game of footy. The Tigers fought hard all time, all, all game. Uh, I don't mind losing as long as the boys have a go. Actually, that's a lie. I fucking hate <laughs> losing all the time, especially to Judas. But the Tigers are really having a go lately. They're playing for each other. And even with a few injuries, they stood up in this one. And they were unlucky not to go on with it in the second half. Let's talk about the elephant in the room, Sid. Okay. Um, especially for us Tigers fans. BJ, Joey, Benji, Leilua. Yep. Uh, quite often he's a sandwich short of a picnic who doesn't have the discipline to play rugby league under Madge Maguire. Now, the moment a game gets heated, you can bet your left one that he'll do a bunch of dumb shit will end up costing his team a penalty or two. And on Saturday night, he didn't disappoint, ending the game in the same minute at the same time, ending the Tigers' chances after he coat-hangered Dylan Edwards for no apparent reason uh, in the final two minutes and was sent to the bin. He started to lose his shit when his brother was caught high accidentally by Appy Coruscant. And anyone who has watched this bloke over his career knew it was only a matter of time before he lost his mind. And yet, and yet again, he didn't disappoint. Uh, there was more than one Tigers fan openly tweeting after the game that they hope he gets a month off for his hit on Edwards. Uh, the team could well be stronger if he does. The thing about it is, mm. there was a couple of times in that game, a couple of times where they were trying to drag him over the sideline where... Mate, just absolute brute strength kept himself in. Where yep. you go, geez, he's a good player. Yeah. And then he can undo it in just a moment and prove himself to be an absolute buffoon on the field. No, I've got no dramas with it. <laughs> I don't think I don't think the hit was late or high. It's a total overreaction from fans and the NRL hierarchy. It's play on in my books. If anything, Edwards took a dive, which is a low act. He should be playing soccer. That was the dog act we should be all talking about. Nah, it was stupid stuff from Benji Leilua. The uh, high shot on Luciano Leilua that they say he blew up about, it connected with Luciano's head when his head was about a foot off the ground. That's it. I hate seeing head-high penalties blown when the bloke's basically laying on the ground and it's an accident. I get it. A head-high tackle is when you attack the head. And I didn't even think that should have been a penalty. It's just I'm the same, mate. Unlucky. I'm the same. Um, so for a first-grade player to blow up deluxe over something like that is stupid. Uh, he can sit on the sideline for four weeks. We don't need him. We've got so much depth at the Tigers. We'll move on. Two things occurred after uh, this game, both worthy of note. Yep. Ivan Cleary blew a handful of Tigers fans a kiss from the coach's box. And on Fox Sports, Cooper Cronk said after the game that the attack of the Panthers is, and I quote, scintillating. <laughs> this contradicts football pundit Sid Punts, who has maintained the attack is their actual Achilles heel. Yep. I think we could all know who to go to on this one. Cooper Cronk is an absolute idiot. Yes. And Cleary is a germ. Yeah, correct on both cases there. The Panthers' attack is not scintillating. Cronk doesn't know shit about football. <laughs> But it's, uh, 
It's no wonder that Nathan is a lying, spoilt brat TikTok dancer when his lying give-up father carries on like that. No, I'm joking. As much as I hate Judas, I like it when we have a bit of personality in the game, and that includes coaches. I always like Ricky Stewart more when he's blowing up. I love it when Tuvi yells and carries on with conspiracy theories, or Des, he just breaks shit. (laughs) Blowing kisses at fans is pretty lame. He looked like a bit of a dick. But I got no dramas with it. He would have been receiving an absolute spray from the Tigers fans. So play on, I say. And let's face it, it's only another week before he has to go and park this stupid bus out at Campbelltown, and it'll be tipped on its ass and burnt by the time he gets let's back. Let's hope into it. so. I do condone those actions. <laughs> Sunday in the Seagulls, well, they just went down by just two points against the uh, Newcastle Knights, 14 points to 12. Newcastle held off a relentless Manly side to win by two points at Lego Land in an epic encounter filled with drama. The Knights took an early lead and scored all their points in the first half after Manly captain Daly Cherry Evans was sin-bin for the first time in his career before he came back onto the field to score a try and get his team back in the game. At halftime, it was 14-6 to the Knights and the second 40 minutes was a war where Manly had a number of opportunities to secure the win under the, on the end of a couple of disallowed tries and some bad luck. In the end, the Knights picked up their fifth win to remain in the top four while Manly are yet to win without injured star Tommy Trojevic and have now slipped out of the top eight. Yeah, it certainly was a game of two halves with the uh, Knights scoring just before halftime to go, to go ahead 14-6 and didn't score another point uh, some desperate defence from the Knights held out the Eagles a couple of times when they looked certain to score, but uh, they hung on in the end. Yeah, the game ended in high emotion after the Seagulls thought they uh, should have had it been awarded a vital penalty in the final play of the game. As winger Tavita Funa ran down the sideline, he was quickly running out of room with the speedster dropping the ball onto his foot before being pushed in the back by Newcastle centre Bradman Best, taking him out of the play. With no other Seagulls around, the ball was picked up by Knights hooker Andrew McCullough and the the game was iced. The Seagulls were not happy with uh, the decision, with Daly Cherry Evans going straight up to referee Grant Atkins, but so did his teammates, including Aidan Fanua Blake, who was reportedly sent off for calling Atkins, and I'll say this, a fucking retard. He pushed him the fucking back, you fucking retard. Fucking hell, mate. Fuck off. Fox truly <laughs> reported as him saying, with Atkins sending him off the field immediately. Yeah, look, it's not a good look from Adam Fanua Blake and Associates, who we all know historically is a good bloke. This yeah. is uh, <laughs> totally out of character, but everyone knows. You went full retard, man. Never go full retard. You never go full retard. The referee, Grant Atkins, uh, had sent the decision. I don't know what Grant Atkins could have done. Well, exactly. He did the right thing. He sent the decision up to the bunker, questioning whether a penalty try would be warranted. He described the play as a late push in the back. Atkins did everything right, but video ref Ghislaine Maxwell gave it the all clear. So Fanua Blake should not have been abusing Atkins. Saying that, Ghislaine had a fair bit on her mind that that (laughs) afternoon. Well, quite rightly, the ref sent him off. Look, this is actually a worrying trend that I've noticed this year and uh, back in the last year. Players are carrying on complaining to the ref like it's a soccer match. Shut up. Mm, I agree. Yeah. The NRL is said to be looking at imposing a punishment on Fanua Blake that would see him do some work with uh, special needs kids, but I think that's just punishing the kids. (laughs) I I think... The one thing or two things I hate about Pommy soccer 
And saying that, Pommy soccer is not as bad as, as other places in the world. Yep. But th- that's the only soccer I'll watch in the world is the Pommy soccer. Yep. Right? The first one, I can't stand blokes throwing themselves on the ground like Absolutely. Dylan, Dylan Edwards did the other night. Yeah, 100%. That's what he did. Dog and act. The second thing I can't stand is is a bunch of blokes all running to the referee. And the sooner soccer empowers their referees by saying, unless you've got the captain's band on your sleeve, yep. you don't come to see me, mate. I've got no interest in you and I'll send you, I'll keep you walking. You'll just keep walking off well, the field. Well, that's the rule in rugby league. And that's what it should be. Yeah. And and for them to go off. And the thing is too with Atkins, he didn't do anything wrong. No. He did everything by the book, gave Manly every chance. If it came down to Ghislaine Maxwell, who's got a fair <laughs> bit on her mind and she's about to throw a bunch of people under the bus. So he, she, <laughs> Atkins actually said, consider a penalty try, but if not, the late push in the back needs to be looked at. And they looked at the replay for a split second and said, we're playing on from there. He didn't even consider it, Maxwell. Uh, yeah, it's it's a penalty every day of the week. But again, for a club to say that uh, that turned the match, there was half a second to go. You get a penalty, anything could happen. Yeah, doesn't mean right. you're going to win. Uh, given the way the Broncos are travelling, you have to wonder how much they regret letting experienced hooker Andrew McCulloch leave the club. In this game, he once again was one of the best for his new club, the Knights, according to Fulker the Boys' backyard stats lab, Hammer Fist Fred and his tasty brother, Hamburger Barry. McCulloch was dangerous all night. He finished with the first try of the game to go with 48 tackles, uh, 15 running moves. That's right, 15. Four of those were post-contact, a line break and two tackle busts. Yeah, McCulloch was enormous in this one. He... Uh scored a simple barge over try to open the scoring. Uh, he saved a certain try from Parker with a fantastic tackle close to the line. And he was there right at the end to clean up the kick right on the siren. There were a couple of close calls for Manly and this game could have gone either way. But in the end, it was a great win for the Knights, hanging on to get the two points. And in the final game of the round, a game for the ages, uh, the Bunnies were too strong for the Bulldogs, winning 26 points to 10. In a tough and an unspectacular game, the Bunnies were, as expected, too good for the Dogs, comfortably winning the game in a four tries to two victory. That's a very nice way of putting it, an unspectacular game. <laughs> it really was. Makes it sound like it was impressive, but not really. Yeah. Saying that, shit. more points scored than an AFL game, so whatever. Sure. Uh, to their credit, the Bulldogs made the Rabbitohs earn their win and once again were full of effort, but just short on a bit of talent. Poor goal kicking also reduced their chances. While South Saddle Reynolds kicked five from five, Dog Me- uh, sorry, Dogs Nick Meany could only uh, kick a solitary goal. Yeah, it was a tough game. Braden Burns for the Bunnies. He uh, dislocated his kneecap. They said it was broken at <sighs> uh, one point. That looks shocking too. Oh, it's got to hurt, man. The Bulldogs second rower and naked dancer, Adam Elliott, he's done his shoulder. And uh, this game never really reached any great heights. The, the Rabbits won. Yeah, a, I, I nearly left this game at two points. I didn't know what else to write. But I've got to be honest, <laughs> it's hard to get excited by the Bunnies at the moment too. Yeah. Given how electric their backline was supposed to be and given the fact that the new six-a-game rule would supposedly favour live wire hooker Damien Cook, they've been pretty unimpressive, I've got to say. Currently, they're four and four and they're yet to beat a team above them on the ladder. Their victims have been the Sharks, the Warriors, the Titans and the Dogs while losing to the Storm, Panthers, Roosters and... Broncos uh, (laughs) early in the year. It's clear they lack punch through the middle and without many stocks in reserves, it's hard to see how they can improve enough to worry teams like the ones we see in the top four right now. Yeah, I'm glad you brought this up because I keep expecting them to come out and show how good they can be. I'm not even sure. I'm not even sure they'll make the eight. Well, that's what I was about to say. I'm waiting for them to come out and show me how good they'll be. And they probably will this week against the Tigers. Uh, (laughs) 
you and I said from the start of the season, they're light on in the forwards, not having improved their roster from last season. The new rules were supposed to be a leg up for hookers like Beach Sprinter, but it hasn't happened yet for the Bunnies. They sit in ninth place, and this will be a big game against West Tigers because I think both those teams are vying for a spot in the eight, and both of them can't fit. Now, despite the effort the dogs show, it's hard to see where they might get their next win. Uh, they face the Dragons in a fortnight, but then after that, it's a horror eight-week stretch until the middle of September when they see the Titans. Even so, between now and the end of the year, the Bulldogs don't face any team below them on the table. How many teams are below them on the table? None. Yeah. Um, there's talk that the naked dancer Adam Elliott is on the way out at Belmore. Uh, Why would you get rid of him? Oh, Exactly. Like monster schlong, if nothing else. Yeah, it's impressive. He's, he's good on Mad Mondays. <laughs> the dogs have also been mentioned as chasing Nick Kotrick from the Raiders, but I heard yesterday he looks set to stay yeah, a he's Raider. Staying, apparently. Josh Jackson has come out in support of Dean Pay this week, continuing as Doggies coach. I think the Doggies have to decide pretty soon who their coach is going to be. Dean Pay's contract is up. They either extend it now or they announce that they're going to get somebody else. If they're to attract players to the club, they're not going to attract anyone not knowing who the coach is going to be. And this season, this season's a write-off, man. Just get on with it. My info is they're going to give you another year. Really? Only because the coach they want isn't off contract until the end of that. Interesting. Joel Gould on uh, NRL.com reported that Broncos CEO Paul White has insisted that coach Anthony Seabold will not be sacked and said the vision the coach had for the club when he was appointed was being realised. <laughs> Slowly. <laughs> the Broncos lost their sixth game in a row with a 26-16 defeat to the Warriors uh, and White said recent performances were unacceptable. When he fronted media on uh, Brisbane on Sunday, it was to reaffirm the club's commitment to Seabold, who was on a five-year deal and the playing – sorry, and the playing group. What's that mean? Uh, Refer, I'll reaffirm the club's commitment to Seabold and the playing group. Yeah. He also said he was happy with the roster that Seabold really uh, had at his disposal and there was no excuses. On the November 24 of 2018, the Broncos put out a press release reaffirming that Chairman Carl Morris had told Way Bennett that he would be their coach in 2019 as he was contracted to be. A week later, Bennett was sacked. Yeah, well, there's been a lot of speculation, uh, mostly by you and me, about Seabomb's <laughs> lengthy contract at the Broncos. But this week, CEO and former glassy Paul White has stated that there are performance targets in Seabomb's contract, opening up more speculation by me that losing six in a row is probably not meeting those targets. <laughs> uh, it's been assumed that due to the length of his deal, Seabomb is virtually unsackable, but cracks are starting to appear. And there's a lot of talk, mostly from me, that something has to give soon at the Broncos. Uh, the Warriors will move on Blake Green and other players managed by controversial agent Isaac Moses after the 2020 season. Green's departure alone will free up around 500000 in salary cap space for the Warriors. Having already sacked coach Stephen Kearney in a difficult season for the club, Warriors owner Mark Robinson said he won't stop there as he aims to reduce Moses' impact on the squad. 
Uh, there are a few of the other boys going around. He said to one news this week for New Zealand, Green and Jared Build, and a few of them are, are all going. We're going to be really, really cautious of how we approach any other players managed by him, Moses. Uh, Adam, Blair, Adam Blair, Axe coach Stephen Kearney, and interim coach Todd Payton are all managed by Moses. Yeah, I've been banging on about certain player managers for years on this podcast. It seems that player managers have way too much power and we are seeing that influence on clubs like the Broncos and the Warriors. And it appears the Warriors are taking a stand. Oh, hang on. I've just been handed this. What's this say? Isaac Moses is innocent until proven (laughs) guilty. He is appealing his deregistration. In the meantime, it must be noted that Isaac Moses has always worked in the best interest of his clients. I just got handed that from our lawyers, <laughs> McMutt and Associates. Glad I could clear that up. Uh, that was from Adam Fanua and Blake. Yes. It was. Um, Israel Folau, who was sacked by Rugby Australia in 2019 over a homophobic social media post, has signed a one-year contract extension with the Catalan Dragons, uh, the French Super League side. Oh, what else is boring? <laughs> Falau, 31, made his return to the 13-a-side code in February with the Dragons after a decade playing Australian rules uh, and rugby union. Me and my family are very excited to stay on the club for season 2021. We're very grateful for the opportunity that President Bernard Gorsh and the Dragons have given me. That sounds like a prepared statement. Falau told the club's website. Oh, that was Falau. Super League will resume on August 2 after the campaign was postponed in March due to the coronavirus pandemic. Yeah, I don't care. He's 31. He's not coming back to the NRL. Move on. John Bateman is coming back to the Super League or going back to the Super League with Wigan and to his daughter. The England star was roundly criticised for saying no to a new deal with Canberra, with many claiming he was only doing it for the money. But he's in fact more likely to be taking a pay cut to return to England on a four-year contract with his former club so he can be close to his daughter, Millie. It's been a tough decision, but to get me back to Wigan, to be at home with my little girl, my mum and the rest of my family is something I can't wait to experience once again. Look, I totally understand that a player would like to return home to the Super League, especially as his daughter is over there. But don't hand me a turd and tell me it's a Mars bar. (laughs) Bateman's manager shopped him around. It was handled very poorly. Bateman sacked his Pommy manager last year and he signed with, surprise, surprise, Isaac Moses. And all this happened. I actually feel sorry for Rick. Hang on. This was just handed to me. Um... This was just Bateman's manager doing the best for his client. I just got handed this new note. It's all a misunderstanding. I'm happy. Yeah. Johnson, the for the heavyweight championship of the world. This is a famous victory. Sports News. AFL. And the Sydney Swans were easily handled by the West Coast Eagles, going down by 30 points. Uh, meanwhile, across town, the GWS Capsule Giants beat the new Hornsby Hawks, formerly the Hawthorne Hawks, by six goals. Yeah, unfortunately, I missed both these games. I was uh, cleaning the rims and putting tyre black on my Toyota Starlet when these games were on, but uh, apparently highly entertaining affairs. AFL. Said nobody ever. Hashtag talk other games down. All 10 Victorian AFL clubs were moved out of the state by Monday as Queensland, New South Wales and Western Australian hubs were set up uh, to rescue the season due to a new wave of COVID spark chaos in Victoria. Uh, the AFL season will reset when um, Victorian clubs return from five weeks 
in their interstate hubs, but that could mean the season has to temporarily go on pause. Yeah. Foxfooty.com.au's Tom Morris reports on Friday uh, that players have been told they won't be stranded indefinitely and will be allowed to go home after approximately 32 days in their hubs. There'll be a reset at that point after round 10. They'll come back to Melbourne and if the COVID-19 infection rate has diminished somewhat, the hope is they'll be able to play round 11 in Melbourne straight away. Geez, they're pushing on quick. <laughs> but if it's still bad, uh, as it would expect it to be, especially you, Victoria, as it has been for three weeks now, there's preparedness to shut the competition down for a week or thereabouts, or at the very least to play split rounds of matches. There'll be a reset no matter what. Uh, after round 10. Yeah, no, it's a good idea. They've really thought this through. The AFL, um, yeah, they're just putting a Band-Aid on uh, burst heart muscle. Um, yeah, it's going well. 19 stab they need, wounds. They need push-ahead Pete. Yeah, well, what what, what they do for him. AFL, hashtag talk other games down. Collingwood star Jordan Dugowie has been charged with sexual assault. Foxfooty.com.au can reveal that Dugowie and another 24-year-old male have been charged in relation to an incident that is alleged to have taken place in 2015. When? 2015. Has he been sitting out five years? Stick with me here because this gets really good. Uh, The Magpies, the AFL and the Victoria Police on Saturday all confirmed Foxfooty.com.au's exclusive report with Victoria Police delivering the following statement to Foxfooty.com.au. Detectives from the Sexual Crime Squad have charged two people in relation to a reported sexual assault. Two 24-year-olds, one from Hampton East and one from Clematis, I've got a bad case of Clematis at the moment, have been both charged with indecent assault and bailed to appear at Melbourne Magistrates Court at a later date. Collingwood released a statement on Saturday afternoon confirming Dugowie would be able to play and train with the club during the legal process. What? Stick with me. Dugowie... Would uh, will remain in the Collingwood football program while the legal process takes its course. What? Neither Collingwood nor Dugowie is in a position to make further comment. A league statement from the AFL re- re- read, the AFL confirms in 2018 it was made aware of a matter involving Collingwood player Jordan Dugowie from 2015. Wait, what year is it now? They've known about this for a while. Two years they've known. Yeah, right. As a result of the investigation, the AFL provided further education for Dugowie Rape is bad, and ongoing counselling for all parties. Here's to get away, here's how to get away with it. <laughs> yeah, as the NRL legal process has now begun, the AFL will make no further comment until it's completed. Uh, Dugo will be able to rejoin Collingwood's football program after he ha- clears two COVID nineteen tests. Yeah, as long as he doesn't have the Rona, yeah, he's good to go. Move on. What um, a joke! I just want to read you the NRL um, their rules as far as this kind of thing is concerned. Yep, and this is directly from the NRL. Players charged with a criminal offence carrying a penalty of at least 11 years will be automatically stood down in in uh, uh, bold type yep. from playing in the NRL competition. The NRL CEO can use his discretion to stand down in bold type players charged with less serious criminal offences, particularly where the offences involve women and children. You would think all of these uh, would fit into that criteria, but the AFL and Maguire's Magpies do not have to abide by that criteria. That's an NRL thing. Mm. They've got their own system down there. Yeah, so where they can tell the league in 2018, get him some counselling, do a course, we all move on. Write a letter, apparently. And I I believe there was a tweet put out by the AFL. Now, I'll look this up. Okay. But it said something along the lines of, we can confirm that champion player Jordan Dugowie had been charged in from a historical 
Wow. Crime, uh, criminal activity. Yeah, no, that's good. Is, or they, alleged criminal activity, I are should they, say. Are they trying to be funny, you know, when you say, hey, champion, hey, dickhead? <laughs> oh, mate, I don't know what no, they're trying to be. So. Tennis. Uh, Francis TFO on Saturday joined the list of tennis players to contract coronavirus, <laughs> pulling out of an exhibition in Atlanta organised by former top 10 player John Isner, who had controversially dismissed critics of the tournament as Corona Bros. <laughs> Who's laughing now? Ranked 81st in the ATB rankings, TFO said he had tested negative in Florida last week before travelling to Georgia, where around 450 spectators have been watching the eight-man event each day. Yeah, the ATP is looking at holding uh, tournaments in Melbourne now because it doesn't matter. <laughs> Everyone's got the Rona down there. Formula One, ex-Formula One boss Bernie Eccleston has become a dad for the fourth time, aged 89. Uh, congratulations, Bernie. <laughs> when uh, that kid's 21, how old will Bernie be? Uh, 110 because <laughs> that was the only joke I had about this. But go on. <laughs> It'll be a hell of a party. <laughs> His wife, Fabiana Flossi. Floozy, uh, Flossy, 44, gave birth to baby, 44. baby boy, Ace, that's right, Ace, in just a 25-minute labour on Thursday. Just fell out. <laughs> <laughs> Grandfather of five, Eccleston, who turns 90 in October, confirmed the news to uh, the magazine Blick, saying, we have a son named Ace. I'm so proud. I wonder if that's what he actually said. <laughs> Brazilian Fabiana added, it was all so easy. Birth was over in 25 minutes. I thank God it fell out. Uh, <laughs> the pair have been self-isolating at their home in Switzerland. The baby boy is the billionaire businessman's first son after having three daughters with his previous partners. His eldest, Deborah, 65, wow. <laughs> was born to his first wife, Ivy Bamford, before he had socialites Tamara, 35, and Petra, 31, with his second wife, Slavica Radic. Uh, he married marketing director Flossie in 2012, three years after he divorced Croatian model Radic. Earlier this summer, Fabiana said, like all parents, we have only one wish. Our child must be born healthy uh, and fall out. Hopefully, he will never express any interest in doing something in Formula 1, she said. The eccentric business mogul has amassed a total fortune of $4.5 from his involvement in Formula 1. What a great story. Good on you, Bernie. Hot dogs, uh, Joey Chestnut. We've covered uh, off on Joey Chestnut previously. Yeah, uh, as Gus Wallen said, one of the great flogs of all time. Uh, Joey Chestnut repeated as, sorry, uh, once again, won as men's champion of the Nathan's famous July 4th hot dog eating competition in Coney Island on Saturday, gobbling as record 75 wieners and buns in 10 minutes en route to an astounding 13th mustard yellow belt. <laughs> Chestnut, 36, whose powerful chops earned him the nickname Jaws, turned candy apple red as he shoved dog after dog in his mouth, gorging at a blistering pace. At one point, clearing 10 meat sticks and buns per minute as he uh, shattered his 2018 record of 74. As time was called, a sweaty chestnut stood up, walked over to the microphone and patted his gut. He said, there's still room for more. It's not something to be proud of. I'm bloated, but I still feel very comfortable, but I'm tired. Added Chestnut. Who is an athlete. Who has now claimed 13 of the past 14 annual, annual contests. Ready to take a cold chair and go to sleep, said the champ, who downed about 21,000 calories on his road to immortality. Of all the contests out there, former, this is one of the worst. <laughs> I get it. Joey Chestnut is the undisputed champ. But what a low sport this is. <laughs> Give me that caper where pommy blokes chase a roll of cheese down the hill. Now that's a sport. Or those Japanese fellas that ride that massive log down the hill. Or put the AFL on. I don't care. 
anything other than hot dog eating. It's a disgrace. having a function or an event? Are you part of a sporting or community group? Do you have a birthday, anniversary, bucks or hens night coming up? Mare Inc. can supply any custom product you can imagine. Custom made t-shirts, aprons, stubby holders, cushions, shopping bags, hoodies, tote bags, vinyl stickers and decals. Or put your business logo on a range of workwear. Go to mareinc.com.au. Whatever the purpose, Mare Inc. has you covered. Right, Sid, our next guest is one of the genuine good blokes from the sports media world and these days co-hosts the second best rugby league podcast on the market. You can hear him on The Fend each week with Gary Jack. You can find him on Twitter and Instagram at Adam Hawes. Welcome to Full Crew of the Boys, Mr. Adam Hawes. Thanks, guys. It's a real uh, humbling experience for me. Great uh, to be on board. <laughs> you might learn something. <laughs> yeah, just if, if you want to take notes while we do this, mate, no dramas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, uh, I'm, I'm happy to take second best podcast. You guys are obviously the Giants. We're just embryo, <laughs> me and Jimmy Jack. So we're just starting out and um, we've had our challenges, but uh, hopefully we'll, we'll make up some of that gap. Mate, before we kick off, a little birdie tells us that one of the greatest ever bowling spells of all time in the world of cricket ended with A.Hawes finishing with a ninefer. What's going on? Yeah, you heard right. That's true. Uh, nine wickets, I won't deny it. And I took the 10th wicket with a catch. One of the uh, great afternoons in club cricket. They still talk about it on the north side of Sydney. Uh, Glory Oval it was. Uh, my defining moment in cricket. And yeah, I might, have, I might have told a few people that over the years. Um, it may have been embellished a little bit. But yeah, that, I, used to, I used to bowl at a fair speed. And I went through the Glory batsman there that day. But yeah, it was only a one-off. I'm sad to report. The catch doesn't count as the tenth wicket, though. <laughs> yeah, no, I hate to break it to you. What, uh, what grade? What, <laughs> what grade? What ground? And what opposition are we talking here, mate? Well, it depends. It depends how many beers I've had. But uh, <laughs> officially, officially, I think it was A twos. Uh, it was for Ashworth Rugby League, ironically. Now you're a uh, diehard Eels tragic. Will you confirm here tonight that you've already got your 2020 Parramatta Eels Premiers tattoo? <laughs> yes, uh, I'd like to. I'd like to admit that um, I've been saying it's the year of the year for the last thirty-four years. So, <laughs> I mean, if I got a tattoo for every year, I'd be absolutely tough like Josh Dugan. But no, that's on the agenda to uh, to get a tattoo later on. I, I tell you what, if we go all the way and win the comp, yeah, look, I've already told the family I won't be here. I, I'm going missing for weeks on end, and hopefully, a crash at parties, get a few tats, it'd be great. I'm tipping you won't be in Victoria anytime soon. Um, <laughs> mate, uh, Anthony Seabold is under immense pressure up there at the Broncos, given a, a six-blot losing streak in the last few, or the last week, month and a half. What do you think the Broncos should do? And do you think they can learn from the lowly shown by the Eels uh, that they've given Brad Arthur? Because he was under all sorts of pressure to hang on his job two years ago. Yeah, he sure was. Uh, Brad Arthur's the, the sole reason, really, the club, was able to hang together. He was, uh, in 2016, they were an absolute basket case, as you remember, and he mm. has to take a lot of credit. There was pressure there to, to get rid of the DA and clean the place out, but they stuck by him, and he, he's done a fantastic job. And I think, see, the Broncos have signed Seabold for five years. They can hardly walk away now, can they? Because I think it would reflect badly on them. They're the ones that signed him for such a long-term deal. If they didn't stick with him, it's an admission that they got it wrong. So I think they've got no choice but really to, 
to bunker down with him and try and get through this. They don't suffer losses well, though, up there at the Broncos. <laughs> no, they've been such a successful club. I mean, they haven't won since 2006. They have that reputation, don't they? So, um, yeah, look, they're, they're certainly all over Seabold and the Broncos at the moment. And if they lose to the Bulldogs this weekend, that will only intensify. And I wouldn't like to be in Seabold's shoes after that. Well, glad you bring up the Bulldogs. Do you reckon Mary McGregor and Dean Pay are sending Seabold a carton of beer each week to thank him for shifting the spotlight? <laughs> yeah, I did think that, actually. Uh, Mary McGregor's uh, slipped back under the radar. And, oh, look, I feel sorry for Dean Pay. I'd never thought I'd say that about a, a Canterbury coach. But, um, look, I, I think he's very limited to what roster he has to work with there. And he's got them playing tough. I think he's laying a good foundation to use ahead. They just lack some class players. I agree, but I think they've got to make a move soon with all the speculation. It's hard to buy players when uh, there's speculation as to who's going to coach next year. Yeah, like I said, not a lot of sympathy for the Bulldogs. I grew up despising <laughs> the dogs, and this is payback. It's great to sit on top of the ladder and look down at Canterbury in sixteenth position. It's, it's a rare treat of shit over the years from Bulldogs fans about how bad Parramatta's going, so it's a bit of payback. I, I sent text messages to my Bulldogs friends with the ladder, which I don't really appreciate, but I don't care. <laughs> you hear that, Sid? There's a professional at work there. Payback. He's yeah, that very was clever. clever very Good clever. Pun. Good pun. Mate, um, you've been in the media a long time, Adam. I, I, I like to ask this of respected journos. Do you think there's a difference in the AFL media versus the NRL media? In terms of respect, what, from players? or No, just, just the way they conduct themselves. Because uh, from the outside looking in, I, I feel like the NRL uh, media seem to be a little bit more for want of a better term, honest with the way they deal with the the warts and all of the game. Whereas from the outside looking in down that way, it seems like the uh, AFL seem to be um, a little bit more standoffish with the truth. Yeah, look, I've, um, I've thought that myself over the years, uh, working in the rugby league media, nothing is left alone. Any whisper has to be followed up on any DUI involving any type of player, no matter how low profile, if he's played one game, 100 games, it's got to be front page news. Uh, you know, I've been in newsrooms where the chief of staff wouldn't know who we're talking about, but he insists that it has to be a lead story because it's NRL. Mm. Whether that happens in AFL newsrooms, I'm not sure. I, I really haven't worked in one, but I certainly know when it comes to rugby league, it's been ruthless, the, the coverage of scandals over the years. And uh, I, I think it has backed off a bit. The footy this year has been so great. Yep. Um, everyone, everyone's been in a bubble, so there's been no scandals, really, mm. that um, the focus has been on the footy, and I've really enjoyed that. What do you make of the uh, new rules? Oh, outstanding. I mean, how good is the footy to watch at the moment? I, I just is. love watching every game. Uh, it doesn't matter if Paramount is playing or not. I just love every single game at the moment. Um, just It's just so much faster. The, the offloads are back. It reminds me of state of origin at its peak in the say mid 90s around uh you know 93 92 there where you know they'd run the ball and they'd offload it and players would play off off the cuff what they see and then some of the some of the most exciting rugby league you'll ever see and I, i'm just seeing that every weekend at the moment you can hear the excitement in the voice i just love watching the game at the moment and peter volandis can take a bow for that because he rushed those decisions through and also dropping one referee i think has made a huge impact there was too much officiating over the last few years both referees trying to have an input into the game, and that's just gone away. Mate, um, you, you kicked off your career around the time of Super League covering the great game. Did journos also get the huge paychecks in those days that the players did? 
No, I'll tell you what we got. I got to pack up fax machines and send them off to Brad Clyde, Ricky Stewart, <laughs> and the like. That was our job, Andrew Eddinghouse. And I remember putting the labels on these boxes of fax machines that we sent off to all these Super League aligned players because I don't know if that was a reward or just a way of communicating with News Limited, but um, I remember this room I had to go into was full of fax machines and because they were pretty big back then. That's 1995. Yeah. Everyone, everyone wanted a fax machine. <laughs> yeah, I had to put all the labels on and send them off. Is that right? Wow. Mate, um, We've spoken to a lot of players around that time and all of them cry poor. None, <laughs> none of them got the sweet, sweet Super League cash somehow. Well, I think yeah, I think of a guy like Brett Kenny who just about made it to Super League. He was an absolute icon of the game. You know, and he ended up having to, I don't know, work in a, a milk truck or something. But if he just hung in two more years, can you imagine having Brett Kenny in your books? He would have, he would have uh, got a massive payday. There were some players that couldn't tie Brett Kenny's shoelaces up who... Earned a hundred thousand just for signing on, and a fax machine. <laughs> <laughs> and a fax machine, yeah. Mate, along the journey, you've been able to speak to some pretty talented sportsmen. Is there a short list of athletes you'd love to sit down and have a yarn with? Oh, there's so many. Where do I start? I, I, I remember early on when I was still at home, I, uh, my mum called me out and I, she said something on the phone for me. I said, "Oh, who's that?" She said, um, "Andrew Eddinghausen." And I just remember such a thrill getting to speak to EP, and and I got another phone call at home from David Boone. I mean, those two blokes I would easily sit down with and, and have a long chat to. But I've also had the chance to, to talk to a lot of these guys anyway, just the, the natural running of business, uh, all those Eels legends. You know, I still talk to fairly regularly now, so they're the ones I really wanted to talk to because you know, I love those stories from the 80s as much as any Parramatta fans. So I've, I've managed to hammer those guys over the years. and um, I mean, they're the most interviewed team of all time, the premiership winning team, 86, yep. because any time Paramount is doing any good, their phone just lights up. <laughs> you know, is this going to be the year? Uh, I feel sorry for Ray Price and Brett Kenny. I need to set up a studio at home or something. <laughs> Mate, um, have you ever walked away from an interview and thought, geez, that bloke was a genuine A-grade Olympic standard dickhead? <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, I had a couple of interesting experiences with Brian Smith, the former coach, um, a couple of run-ins <laughs> with him. Uh, that um, just you just defied belief. I remember, I remember once we were talking about Eric Groth Jr. and he just burst onto the scene. He had a media ban on Eric Groth Jr., which is ridiculous. And when he finally was able to talk about Eric Groth Jr., um, I asked him about his dad, Eric Groth Sr., and he just he just shot me this. Um, You're the only one comparing him to his dad. No one else is. It's just you. And you, and you think are you serious? I was like, are you serious? Like every fan in this ground. Is comparing Eric Groth Jr. to his dad right now, and it was just ridiculous. It certainly went away from that shaking the head, um, just the ridiculousness and that. But yeah, look, in this industry, you're going to have run-ins with coaches and players. It, it happens, but you also have plenty of good times. You were comparing Eric Groth Jr. to Eric Groth Senior and Tolson Tollett to Peter <laughs> Peter Sterling. <laughs> well, Tolson Tollett is very active on social media, so he may well be listening to this. So, <laughs> cheerio, Tolson, and I always rated you very highly. Mate, you've worked with the Sydney Thunder Big Bash team. Have you got a Chris Gale yep. story you can tell us? <laughs> uh, no. I th- well, I think, to be honest, Chris Gale might have left the Thunder before I sort of linked up with the Big Bash coverage. Now, I never got to cross paths with Chris Gale. He was playing for the Renegades there once uh, when they played against the Thunder. And he did a, I don't know if you remember it, but he did a, he refused to take a single at one point and then he got run out in the next ball. And I interviewed his partner, Tom Cooper, 
from the Renegades. And I said, oh, what happened there? Was Chris just, um, was he, has he got the injury? And he goes, and he just, just wrote him off on national TV. Just said, oh, it's, it was a dumb call. You'll have to ask him about it. Yeah, nice. So he didn't last at the Renegades much longer after that. <laughs> Mate, on this... But no, uh, he, he, he never hit on me. That's, that's what you get. He never <laughs> hit on me. That'd be a story. <laughs> You're the one. Um, <laughs> mate, uh, on this silly podcast, we play a game with all our guests. It's called Nearest the Pin. Sid's going to ask a question. It's me versus you. Uh, it's like Price is Right, nearest to the number without going over. Uh, I'll write my my score down so I'm not cheating, and you just give us your guess. Does that sound right? Okay. Yeah, that sounds about right. All the answers are numbers. So first question, uh, it's on crowd capacities. What's the ANZ Stadium capacity plus Bankwest minus Spotless Stadium? Ooh, all right. Work that one out. Minus Spotless, Okay. Uh, spotless. Um, okay. Geez, my math is pretty crook. So I was I just thinking the same thing about mine. You can't go over. You can't go over. Closest okay. without going over. I feel like you looked at my number and just said that for a Yes, reason. yes. <laughs> exactly. Just say one and yep. you will win. <laughs> What's your answer? Oh, I know what I've done wrong there. Yeah, you skipped maths class. <laughs> you graduated in year seven. Good couple of years, year okay. seven. <laughs> oh, I think I have, I have an answer. Okay, what's your answer? Uh, I got uh, 91,000. 91,000. Former winner, 100,000. ANZ Stadium holds 82,500. Bankwest, 30,000. It's 120. That's 112,500. You don't go roughly. <laughs> Spotless has 24,000. So the correct answer is 88,500. Oh, and that was way too long winded a question. <laughs> so let's go on to question two. You both failed. I might just cut that out later. Uh, Sivo and Semi Radradra, how many tries have they scored combined for Parramatta? Okay. Uh, I'd have to be more than that. Mm. All right, I've got a... All right. I've got, I've got a figure. Form has gone 48. What have you got, Adam? Did you say combined them? 48? Yes. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm going 118. Yeah, go 112. It's 112. 48 wins. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he got ripped off. Former 1-0. Question three. How many Adams are playing in the NRL this year? Oh, Adam Reynolds. I don't know who else we got. Dewey. Uh, Dewey. Oh, look, I think. Blair. Oh, yeah. I forgot about Adam Blair. Adam Blair is... I'm going to say I'm going to say a half dozen. Six. What do you say? Eight. It's seven. It's one all. Ah, back. Question four: How many Parramatta Eels first grade players have there been? Oh. Uh, What's all the Parramatta questions in other news? Yeah, I'm trying to make it yeah. so that you lose. <laughs> oh, I should know. I should know this. This is this is going to be highly embarrassing. I'm going to say. Uh, 300. 300? <laughs> In all time? Former's gone 767. Do you want to know the answer? Yeah. 810. Boom. Uh, you were miles off. I didn't hear the question probably. I, I thought you meant since 2000. Oh. Why would I make it since 2000? <laughs> Stop trying to cheat. <laughs> question five. Uh, question five. How old is Tom Cruise? 
There's mine. Uh, 54. Form's gone 52. It's uh, 58. So 58? Lo and behold, it's too old. It's too old. And guess. Have you got a tiebreaker? Of course not. (laughs) (laughs) I'm happy with two all after that that question. That's a shocker. Sorry about that. Another drawn quiz. Good segment. Hey, before we uh, let you go, Adam, you've just kicked off a podcast. It's called The Fend, and it's with your great mate, Gary Jack. Tell our listeners about the show and what they can expect uh, when they when they download it. Uh, you look, it's it's a wrap of the uh, weekend's rugby league, but it's not just going game by game. We go over the big issues, and uh, Timmy Jack takes us down memory lane with a few stories uh, from uh, the good old days. Uh, you wait into uh, the worst rugby league signing of all time. I remember, someone said on the weekend that Joey Leilua was the worst signing of the yeah, NFL era. That. So. That's not even warm. That's not even warm, that one. Nah, it's plenty worse. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got that, and uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun, and uh, there's a few challenges. I mean, his, his dog runs around the lounge or he bites me on the ankle, so that's never uh, <laughs> never easy. And um, he usually takes me for a tour of all his trophies and golden boots before the show. And I have to say, Jimmy, we did this last week, mate. So there's a few challenges, but he's a legend, and um, he's doing well for us. Worst NRL signing. Garrick Morgan would be right up there. I'll give you the red hot. Mate, there's plenty of poor ones. Anyway. Uh, he well, said, uh, he, for what it's worth, he said, uh, Brian Smith. Remember Brian Smith, the, the Wallaby yeah, recruit who played for Balmain? Yeah, but yeah. We, we know why he was signed. That's a story for another day, I'm sure. Look at Jeff Fennick. <laughs> Coach was pretty keen on him. Um, oh, I'm not brave enough to say that, yeah. <laughs> uh, Adam, mate, thanks once again for joining us here at Full Crew of the Boys. Don't forget, you can hear this bloke on the podcast, The Fend. Go and get it wherever you get good podcasts and bad ones like this one. Um, and, of course, it's with the great Jimmy Jack. You can find him on Twitter and Instagram at Adam Hawes. Mate, thanks for putting up with our technical difficulties earlier on. Uh, thanks again, Mr. Adam Hawes. My pleasure. Thanks, guys. Do you need electrical work done? NDF Electrical provides expert service and advice on a wide range of commercial and residential projects. With over 23 years experience, NDF Electrical have you covered for all your electrical needs from the Gold Coast, Tweedheads, Byron Bay and everywhere in between. For a free quote, go to ndfelectrical.com.au. NDF Electrical. Yes, with thank you to the great men and women of NDF Electrical, it's time for the greatest segment in podcasting history. It's time for this. We all want you to go grab a mirror. We're all hoping that you'll change your ways. No message could be any clearer. If you want to make the world a better place, take a look at yourself and make a change. That's right, it's time for Grammar Mirrors. Don't forget you can reply to my first tweet on a Tuesday with the hashtag Grammar Mirror, hashtag GAM. It'll be around 7.30. Uh, then I'll do a backup one around 3.30. Same thing, use the hashtag GAM, hashtag Grammar Mirror. Tuesdays, Tuesdays only. only. See what I'm going to go first. Yeah, go first. Grammar Mirror, everyone's shit canning the coronavirus. Yeah. Now look, sure, it's been responsible for a couple of changes in the way we conduct our lives. But as usual in this crazy, mixed-up world, it's not all that bad, Sid. Nah, it's not that bad. Despite the narcs on social media that just can't wait to tweet and have a whinge about everything and say some bad stuff. Sure, we might be able to cross borders, go outside, or in some cases even leave our apartment blocks. Sure, we might be able to buy a a roll of shit tickets or have a slap on the Queen of the Nile or get a $25 rub and tug, but no one (laughs) has mentioned all the good shit 
that Rona has brought us, Sid. Like what? What about the fact that the world's air has never been cleaner? Or what about the fact that right now there are no piss-wrecked Irish backpackers flying into our country and taking all of our traffic controller jobs? What about the fact that it's um, hammered the world of moron social influences where yeah. they can't even post anything anymore? What about the fact they've had to stop making Grey's Anatomy? <laughs> what about the fact that the pandemic has shown... Novak Djokovic to be the world-class wanker that many of us knew him to be. Yep. What about the fact that after spending 24-7 with their families, most blokes realise just how much they love their mates back at the pub? <laughs> and what about the fact that you don't need to watch Tim Bailey because the temperature every day is whatever you've got the air conditioner set on? Yeah, that's true. What about the fact that Pornhub Premium is now free? Is it? These are all good stories, Sid. And this week, yet another good news coronavirus story has hit the media. And yet I bet you haven't even read about it. This week... The American Journal of Emergency Medicine has published a report to do with the side effect from contracting COVID-19, asking people in the medical field all around the world to keep an eye out for this. Seems a 62-year-old man from New Jersey who, has, uh, who was Rona positive had a side effect directly related to blood clots, clots caused by the virus. Mm. Now, the man, Dick Everhard, suffered, and I use that uh, term loosely, suffered from a four-hour case of priapism. Now, for those people playing at home, Sid, priapism in yeah. layman's terms yeah. is a stiffy. <laughs> it's a boner. It's a hard-on. Why it's can't a, they just call it a stiffy? A chubby, a diamond cutter, a ramrod, a stone bone, a pitch tent, a stimulus package, morning glory, throbbing gristle, the cum gun. Now, has there ever been a better time in history, Sid, to have a four-hour rock cock? <laughs> Never have we had so much time and access to so much porn than in 2020 right now. Sure, it might be hard to get tissues, but as I always say, Curtains are just big tissues for windows anyway. <laughs> and so it seems that Dick Everhard presented himself to doctors with a sniffle and a cough and a 62-year-old concrete cock, which forced medical staff to sedate him and put him on a ventilator. <laughs> now, nurses at the hospital all gathered round to attend Mr Everhard, with some offering to do unpaid overtime to tend to his needs. Doctors tried to apply an ice pack to the man's penis, but he still had an erection after four hours. Sid. At that point, doctors decided they needed to suck the blood from his penis. They only sedated him because he wouldn't stop bragging. <laughs> well, uh, now, before you get all excited about getting the blood sucked out of it, these fucking animals down at this hospital said the traditional method wouldn't be used and instead the blood would be sucked with the insertion of a needle into the old oh, love flute. Oh, no. Now, despite this horrible end to an all-four-hour erection, many of Dick's friends have broken curfew and social distancing rules and visited him in hospital with many of his mates asking him to sneeze on them and also being seen licking the sweat off his forehead. <laughs> So anyway, grab a mirror, coronavirus bashes. It's not all that bad and definitely nowhere near as bad as erectile dysfunction. Believe me. Equal 10. At Swinging Volandis. Hashtag grab a mirror at sunrise on seven. Put a minute. Good. Now that the At Today Show, put a minute, has banned well-known racists from appearing on its show, when is Channel 7 going to up the ante and ban AFL from being shown? Hashtag Australia's shame. Good point. Equal 10. ten. Forgot to change that equal thing. <laughs> it's no good. At Matthew A. Blake. Hashtag grab a mirror at Brisbane Broncos. Put a minute. You'd love to have been their social media person this week, wouldn't you? Oh, you'd be loving it. There'd be a lot of uh, positivity coming out of that. <laughs> a lot of drinking. Um, you talked up big cha changes this week and all you did was move Oates to second row. Holy fuck, Seabold must have be either clueless or have zero say in the team. What a spineless pack of Michael Clarks. Just rotate the wingers out. <laughs> it's always a good idea. That'll 
harden up the edges. Equal 10. At Eddie Wilkin. Hashtag grab a mirror. Everyone who said that Adam Elliott should be sacked for his leaked nudes. Nobody said anything about Hope Solo or Danny Wyatt. Hashtag look that one up. Um, who said that? Eddie Wilkin. Eddie, do us all a favour. Send me all those videos. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. <laughs> Equal 10. At Keith Rock B. Keithy. KB. Grab a mirror to me. By placing a bet on at Sid Punt's putty minute, advice and following his rough punt. Then looking at the tweet and realising it was actually last week's rough punt and hit it before I hit submit. Hashtag two from four. Hashtag have a look before hitting submit. Did it get up? No. Hashtag (laughs) two from four says no. Hashtag silly moot. Yeah. You got messed up there. Equal 10. Out of fish and not lazy. He's put a picture of an ad for the kid shake. Hashtag grab a mirror at the man shake. Put a minute for their latest release. The Kids Shake, in our current day of promoting healthy body image and confidence to be yourself, isn't this somewhat concerning to be aiming at kids? Good business model to get them addicted to diet shakes and grow into the man slash lady shake. Mate, it's a money spinner. It's a good idea. I'm going to put out Sid Shake. Nine. Hey, you're up to nine already. Uh, you at, didn't, you're not even trying this week. At DBM Cobber. Hey, Cobber. Um, he put in a, a story about how... Uh, Gary Gallon, sorry, Paul Gallon. I haven't got time to read the whole story. Just give me the gist of it. He's played twenty. He played twenty-four games for the Blues over ten State of Origin series. And last week he spoke to the New South Wales rugby side to psych them up for the fierce clash on Friday night. And he wrote hashtag Grab a Mirror at New South Wales Waratahs. Put a minute for not only playing the game they play in heaven because you'd have to be dead to watch it, but then imagine getting New South Wales most losing captain in to inspire the boys against the Red. How did that work out? Hashtag. I should have backed the Reds. Should have. Eat. At Mr. Barjas. Bargy. Hashtag grab a mirror at Virgin Australia. Put a minute. Good. For whatever was in that complimentary snack on the plane from Adelaide to Brisbane yesterday. Ooh, someone's a traveller. Oh, uh, yeah. Just throw a few more names out there. Whatever whatever bird seed it was made... Sorry, whatever bird seed it was made of tasted all right, but holy snapping turtle turds, it's done a cl- <laughs> good clean-out job as well. Hashtag, did someone slaughter a yak in here? What about uh, that Chinese Airways? That's, not, uh, won't be talking about China. No? No. You're boycotting them? <laughs> yes. Good on you, Pauline. They're listening. Uh, oh, yeah, they're always listening. But that uh, Chinese Airway that said, okay, we're going to resume a flight. Who wants to be on? And they all piled on. 60 tickets they sold. 60 tickets. plane didn't even take off. And they all sat around. They got a meal served. Wow. <laughs> Hope it wasn't that birdseed shit that Bargy had to put up with. Could be worse, I guess. But anyway, let's move on. Seven. At It's The Blitz. Hashtag grab a mirror. Anyone who says the at Brisbane Broncos, put a minute, <laughs> have a team full of Ferraris. If I had a Ferrari that went as good as the Broncos, I'd sell it and buy 100 Camaras. At least that way I know I'm getting value for money. Well, you'd be a good mechanic if you had 100 Camaras. Yeah, you'd have to be. They're more a team of uh, lavender starlets <laughs> at the moment. Six. Jeez, oh, my tyres and wheels look good. Don't they? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, at Darren McMutt, <laughs> at former legend, at FCTTP podcast, hashtag grab a mirror, social media influencers who don't, we don't want to see your mocha, chocka, locker, almond milk latte or your $48 avocado on toast. You're not fooling anyone. We all know your life is just a bottomless pit of hell like the rest of us. Yes. Hashtag send free stuff. Five. Send Sid stuff. PO Box 4166 if anyone's interested. At Latrell's Advisor. 
Grab a mirror, everyone who thinks at Cam Smith 9, put him in it, Good. should retire. I'm not a massive fan, but you have to appreciate how he controls a game. And besides, give it a little while, won't it be great to see a bloke who resembles George Costanza running around playing every week? <laughs> hashtag let him play, hashtag four more years. Yeah, bring back the baldies. Four. Got more to say about that in a sec. At BJ O. Rosenberg. Hey, Rosie. Hashtag grab a mirror, at Milram361. Good in one, it. good one. It was nice to catch up at a cafe today, but asking the girl at the counter if you could help her teabagging was totally inappropriate. <laughs> Hashtag yes, she understood. Yeah. Hashtag G-A-M. He's got a million of them, old Milram. <laughs> None uh, of them are good. None <laughs> of them work. Can I have a go now? Yeah. Well, former, I'm not sure if you've noticed, but I may... Coronavirus? Have, I may have put on a few COVID kilos during these unprecedented times. Wouldn't have known. In fact, you carry uh, it well. Yeah, thanks. Well, my sister doesn't think so. She banned me from her wedding because my tits were too big. <laughs> but that is, just wash under them. <laughs> that's not stopping my confidence, former. I've been playing cricket for the local team here in Ately for the past two seasons, and mm. to be honest, I've been killing it. Apparently, not like Adam Hawes, but you have been. I've been killing it. Um, I'm thinking about making a comeback to the top grade after hearing this story. Of Rakeem Cornwall. Do you know who that is, former? Uh, Let no. me tell you who it is. Rakeem Corndog Cornwell <laughs> is a 140 kilogram cricketer that is playing for the West Indies and playing well, I might add. Hmm. West Indies coach Phil Simmons insists that the leg spinner's size is not an issue and the coach can't wait to unleash him when international cricket resumes after the Rona. Coach, it won't be in Victoria, I wouldn't imagine. Coach Simmons says that Cornwall can bowl long stretches of leggies, sometimes up to six balls at a time, <laughs> off a short run-up. Praying, uh, for, <laughs> praying for no-no balls. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, no, you've got to do it again. Uh, he played test cricket for the Windies back in 2017, but is said to be in even better shape than then, having put on a bit of size during lockdown. And it's great to see format bobbed up that sportsmen of all sizes can still have a place in world sport. And I'm not just talking about sumo wrestling or hot dog eating contests. I'm bringing it back format. Big blokes in sport. Mm-hmm. Remember the good old days of Booney and Greg Ritchie playing in the baggy green. Remember Georgie Rose wanting to kill Craig Bellamy when he made him do road runs. Those were good times. Wasn't Greg Ritchie? Wasn't he the character? Yes. That the bloke Mahatma Code invented? Yes, that's okay. correct. <laughs> a ridiculous fat cricketer. That was one of his best characters. Ah, oh, but they were good times. Put on white face. <laughs> Remember Butterbean in the ring? Oh, he, he was an athlete. He was an athlete. Tell you what, but could hit hard. Yeah. Remember Shane Warne's fat Madam to Sword statue? <laughs> yes. That was good. <laughs> so grab a, mag- grab a mirror, you magnificent fat bastard Rakeem <laughs> Corndog Cornwell. You have inspired a new generation of old fat guys who think that they can make the elite level yet again. While I'm here, do you want me to do my Beck Judd's update? Would you? Okay. I'm just an ordinary girl. Sometimes I'm lazy. I get bored. I get scared. I feel ignored. I feel happy. I get silly. What's Jug's been up to? It's a very popular segment. It's very hard to write. It takes me all about three seconds. <laughs> Beck Judd's update. This week, 
Beck Judd gets rose wine and $45 ravioli sent to her $7.3 million mansion as 190 new cases of coronavirus hits Victoria. <laughs> got to take the good with the bad, Victorians. Uh, <laughs> so relatable. That's what people like about her. She just, the, the common man touch. Yep. Headline number two, Rebecca Judd puts lettuce leaves on her breasts. Now, I'm sure there was an explanation why. Didn't read it. Don't care. I was going to make a bad joke then. Yeah, don't. Uh, headline number three this week or in the spinach, life spinach leaves are of Beck Judd. <laughs> headline number three, Rebecca Judd reveals husband Chris has never changed a light bulb. Fascinating stuff. <laughs> it's good stuff. And that was this week's Beck Judd's update. I'm just an Back to grab a mirrors. Three songs for you, beer boy. Um, at Wig Lane, Laurie Daly's wig. <laughs> Hashtag grab a mirror, Joey Leilua. If someone knocked out my brother, I'd buy them a bag of Columbia's <laughs> finest than an hour at the local Rubsy. But you had to blow your stack and spoil a good game of footy. Hashtag still can't wait to see Ivan at Leichhardt next year. Oh, yeah. Two. At Jared Incognito. Hashtag Grab Mirror at Formula One, put him in it, for allowing at Lewis Hamilton, put him in it, to protest during the first round back. In saying that, it wasn't a good look that the police pulled him over during the race. <laughs> Very good. One. What got number one this week for, mate, in a very strong field? At Cyril Sidestep. Hashtag Grab Mirror at Harvard, put them in it. Your level one rugby league coaching degrees aren't worth the paper they're written, <laughs> written on. We have NRL wagged with more prestigious medical degrees they obtained off YouTube. Hashtag Professor Siebes, hashtag under Siebes, hashtag PhD in meetings. Very good. We all want you to go grab a mirror. We're all hoping that you'll change your You want to make the world a better place. Take a look at yourself and make a change. Right, let's do this. NRL Round Preview brought to you by Bluebet. Bet Australian, bet with Bluey at bluebet.com.au or download the app today. It's the 2020 NRL Round 9 Preview and it's brought to you, of course, by Bluebet. And when we preview a round, we preview it with this bloke... Man. Andrew Ferguson from Rugby League Project. You can find him on Twitter at Andrew RLP. You can listen to his podcast, Fergo and the Freak. How are you, brother? Lockdown. In lockdown again. <laughs> I don't want to say anything too specific, but you're letting this you're letting the country down. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm doing my best in that area. I'm it's good to know I'm working well there. And uh former always thought that uh your podcast was the second best rugby league podcast, but uh <laughs> he sucked up to our guest. This evening, you're now down the order to about third. That's still a lot higher than I thought it would be. <laughs> <laughs> All mate, right, let's talk some footy. Mate, we start on Thursday night. The Cowboys take on the Roosters up there at uh, Kissing Cousins Stadium. It's $4.50, the Cowboys with blue bet. It's $1.19, the Roosters. What are the stats saying here, mate? Uh, the last 12 games between these sides that have been played up in Queensland, which dates back to 2003, has seen each side taking it in turns to win a game. 
and the Cowboys won the last encounter in Queensland, so form suggests it'll be the Roosters' turn to win this time around. It's not the only form that suggests that. <laughs> <laughs> How much by, you reckon? Oh, 30, 34. <laughs> Which JT will have the biggest influence, Tedesco or Tal Malolo? Uh, yes. Yeah, it's former. You're going to be in your element. I know. A little bit of pre-cum as we speak. Ah, <laughs> all right, I'm going the Roosters. Who are you going, mate, Roosters? Yeah, I'll go the Roosters by plenty. Yeah, I, I can't can't go off them, mate. They're, they'll, they'll bounce back after last week. Uh, Friday night, and it's the game we've all been waiting for. The Gold Coast Titans take on the New Zealand Warriors. It's $1.80 for the Titans with Blue Bet. That's right, they're favourites. It's $1.93 the Warriors coming off a last start win against Premiership heavyweights. Sorry, Wooden Spoon heavyweights, <laughs> the Brisbane Broncos. What are the stats saying here, mate? Uh, the Warriors have won 16 of their last 18 games against the Titans, and the Titans have never once kept the, the Warriors to less than two tries. Interesting. Oh, overs. Um, what are you thinking? I'm going Warriors. Yeah, I'm going the Warriors. But uh, what time's this game on? Six o'clock Friday morning, I believe. Oh, I'm it says be... Friday evening, but... Yeah, I'm going to be uh, cleaning my oven, so I might miss it, but I'll try and... Uh... I'll be, I'm going to be cleaning Sid's oven too. <laughs> I'm going to have my head in the oven and light the gas. Um, actually, no, I'll watch this. I'll, I'll watch this with a little bit of interest. I actually just want the Warriors to keep on winning. Yeah, because they I, will I, this week. I fear what, what might happen if they don't. Um, yeah, I'll take the Warriors. The second game, Friday, well, it's the game that um, half of Australia has been waiting for. It's South Sydney Rabbitohs. They're taking on everybody's team, the West Tigers. It's a dollar forty-six. The Rabbitohs, crazy stuff. Yeah. It's two dollars sixty-five. Money for jam. Money the West for Tigers. jam. Get on that with Bluebet. Uh, Andrew, what are the stats saying? Since nineteen oh eight, South have never scored a win against Balmain, the Magpies, or the West Tigers at Bankwest Stadium. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> good stat. I actually think 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 that stat stretches back to the dawn of time. Um, <laughs> Andrew, who are you backing? We're specials, surely. I'm going for the Tigers. Yeah, I'm going for the Tigers. I just saw their team list and uh, center. I think uh, <laughs> Cheekham. Cheekham's in the centers. Um, we got that new kid on the bench in the 21. I don't want to say his name because Madge is hiding him there in the 21, <laughs> not naming him in the centers. Uh, I think there's ducks and drakes going on there. West Tigers are playing well, and I think we will beat the Bunnies. I'm. I've said it before in this show tonight, and I'll say it again. I'm not sold on the Rabbitohs in any way. Uh, I like the West Tigers. I like the way we played last week, and I thought the loss was admirable. It was a loss we had to have. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you got to win one to lose one, and we lost one. Or lost one to lose one. Whatever. Whatever. We'll win. The Tigers, I'm trying to say. We're unbeatable at our home ground at Bankwest. <laughs> Saturday, the Fortress. Uh, Saturday, and the Cronulla Sharks, they take on the Penrith Panthers in the uh, Matt Moylan Cup. It's two dollars sixty the Sharkies. It's a dollar forty eight the Penrith Panthers. What are the stats saying after Bluebet off, offered those odds out, Andrew? Uh, the last time the Sharks lost at home to Penrith was in a Golden Point game in twenty twelve. Since then, the Sharks have had the Asada drama, won a premiership, had their coach sacked, and Paul Gullen retired. <laughs> while Penrith have been on the first year of their five year plan the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Good stat. Who's going to win? Um, I'm going with the Sharks. Interesting. Um, I'm going the Panthers, and I think they'll cover the five-and-a-half start from Bluebet. I thought the Panthers were very impressive last week. I know games against the West Tigers knock teams around. Yes. But uh, I think they'll bounce back all right they against the Sharkies. They won't have Moylan, and they can't win unless they've got all four of their big four. 
<laughs> I uncovered that stat tonight. Panthers um, to win. Where were you on that one, Andrew? Yeah. Um, <laughs> second, the second game, reserve grade starts at uh, 6 o'clock, sorry, 5.30 on Saturday. It's the Brisbane Broncos. It's a game we've all been waiting for. It's 15 v 16. Can you believe it? Unbelievable. Uh, Brisbane Broncos are $1.65. That's right. They're favourites with Blue Bet. $2.20, the try-hard Bulldogs. Isn't that sad? Six on the trot losses and their favourites. <laughs> How bad are you going, Bulldogs? Uh, what are you thinking here, Andrew? Of the 349 occasions that a team has lost six or more straight games, this current Broncos side is ranked the 35th worst. <laughs> Why? <laughs> How do you get to 35th worst? It's based on the point difference divided by the number of games they lost. Is the first worst worse than the 35th yeah, worst? Yeah, the first worst is, is the absolute worst. And that okay. was the, uh, okay. the Bulldogs in 1935. Who was the 240th worst? <laughs> yeah, good question. I don't know. You're welcome. Western Suburbs Magpies would feature heavily <laughs> on that list, I would imagine. Who are you backing yeah, with? I learned my lesson after being a smart-ass last week and answering your question on time. So this time I just came unprepared. <laughs> <laughs> That's better. It's what we expect from uh, people who come on this podcast. Exactly. Who are you backing, mate? <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm going the Bulldogs. Really? I'm Just because the... I want to see the Broncos go. Oh live. yeah, we all want to watch the world burn, don't we? Yeah, you? yeah. But they surely they can't. Broncos will win. Surely. Well, we said surely they can't against the Warriors. That is true. I know. I know. You know the dogs will try, and the Broncos this year haven't liked teams that have tried. So um, I'm going to back the Broncos, but with no confidence. Nope. Uh, we, we then we go to the game of the round, or the yeah, probably the game of the round. It's uh, Canberra Raiders take on the Melbourne Storm down there at G. I'm cold. It's $1.78, the Raiders. It's $2, the Storm. That's right, $2 after that epic game last week uh, with Bluebet. What are the, What are you thinking here? What are the stats saying, Andrew? Uh, three of Melbourne's last five losses have been against Canberra. Wow. Hmm. Ooh. I don't know about the Canberra of late, though. Not sure. Hmm. A few injuries, too. What are you thinking? Yeah, I'm, I'm going with the Storm. I, I think the Raiders are looking a bit clunky at the moment. Yeah, same. $2 for the Storm. That doesn't happen very often. I, I like, like those that. I like those odds, 2 bucks for the Storm. And they are back at Geon Cold Stadium. They have got a few injuries, but the Raiders. That Storm. If, Roosters game could have taken a lot out of them. Thin in the forwards. Um, storm will win. The first game on Sunday sees the Newcastle Knights take on the Parramatta Reels. Another good game. Uh, it's a two dollars thirty-five with Blue Bet the Knights. It's a dollar fifty-eight the Eels. Andrew, what are the stats saying? Uh, Parramatta have won all four of their premierships: the Wills Cup, the Tooth Cup, and the National Panasonic Cup without Mitch Moses in their team. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what are you? Who are you backing? I'm just saying. Well, the point is there is that they can win without Moses. So I'm yeah. going Parramatta. Yeah, absolutely. They're in uh, good form. <laughs> I'm backing them in again this week. Parramatta to pip the Knights. Um, I'll go the other way. I'll go the Knights. Hmm. Uh, Interesting. With no real reason now to think about it. Uh, no, I'll go the Parramatta Reels. I just remember what they did last week, the, week. the Knights. They were lucky to hang on. Have a go. No. You need a few upsets to go your way to go back to the top of the ladder. St. George Dragons. <laughs> they take on the Manly Illawarra, Warringah Seagulls, Adam Fanua Blake uh, and Partners. Uh, it's two dollars thirty. The Dragons. It's a dollar sixty. The Seagulls. Where are they playing this at? Don't know. Cogra. Good, ch- good chat. Um, Cogra. There you go. What are the stats saying here? 
Manly have lost four of their five games played on Sunday, July 12, with their most recent game being a 48-18 loss in 2009 to St. George Lawara, back when they had a proper coach. Mm. So what are you thinking without a proper coach? Uh, Manly. Yeah, I'm going Manly. Upset alert, Dragons. What? Dragons will win this. Look, a minute ago when I said you've got to go some upsets, <laughs> I was just joking, man. Don't be stupid. Don't throw it all away. Well, it's time. Uh, it's time where it, well, it's the time where Bluebet makes some money. It's time for this. If you wanna have a rough punt, then listen to this bloke. Sit punt. Now, followers of Sid's rough punt would know that last week it wasn't very good. We only got one leg up. Uh, I blame a whole lot of people other than myself for that result. <laughs> but this week, I'm pretty confident. We're going anytime try scorer, Freddie Tedesco. He's at $1.72, Roosters versus North Queensland. We're also taking the Panthers minus five and a half against the Sharkies at $1.90. Xavier Coates, your mate. You love him. He'll, oh, mate, he's class. He'll score a try anytime for the Broncos against the Dogs. And Sebo, he scored four last week. I've given up on dick fingers. <laughs> We've travelled over the other side of the field. Sebo to score anytime at a dollar eighty at the juicy odds of eleven dollars seventeen. And that bet goes on thanks to Blue Bet. And I suggest all of you to follow it because we're due a win. Well, mate, uh, thank you for joining us. Don't forget you can support Andrew's podcast. Uh, sorry, Andrew's uh, website, rugbyleagueproject.org. Go to there. It's a fantastic resource. Uh, there's a Patreon there that you can help keep the place afloat. He also you... does the third best rugby league podcast. <laughs> it's uh, Fergo and the Freak available where you get good podcasts and some bad ones. Um, what else? You can follow him on Twitter at Andrew RLP. Is there anything else you want to plug? Woolly shithouse paper? Anything? Pretty sure that's about it. You can uh, visit him in Victoria. <laughs> no, you can't. <laughs> Putrid place. You Thanks. can't. I'll be on a train somewhere bitching about everyone. Letting the country down. Don't, <laughs> don't feel bad, but. All right, mate. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks for joining us. Pleasure, guys. He's a stat man. Roll the sack. Open the sack. Empty the sack. Boy sack mail and feedback time. Let's talk about the tipping comp because, jeez, I tell you what. Let's not talk about it. There is a bloke that is flying, has been flying all year. Who's that? At former underscore legend. <laughs> Follow the hashtag, I'm not your father. Um, Where are you coming? Fifth, sixth, or something yeah. like that. Oh, as if you don't know. I need a, good, need a good round. That's what I need. Well, you've picked St. George, so you've ruined that. Well, I haven't officially picked them. I've just said it on this You can't show. say it. No, it's Tuesday, mate. I never change mine. Well, that's And that's hence your fucking bank balance. Yeah. Now. I'm a man um, of the people. The jerseys are on their way. Yes. Should be here very soon. Slow boat from China, apparently, but yeah. whatever. Yeah. What do you do in these unprecedented times? Uh, Get stuff from China. No five-star reviews. So... Make sure you wash your jerseys before you wear them when they come in. <laughs> yeah, what? no five-star reviews. So... Screw you all. Yep. Uh, anything else? Uh, there's membership packs. There's only a few left. So if you want to support the podcast that – I don't know what we do. Just support us. Yeah. Go buy a membership pack. And as I always say – as I walk through the valley 
of the shadow of death. I take a look at my life and realise there's not much left. Because I've been blasting and laughing so long, but... Even my mama thinks that my mind is gone. Good night. See yous. As I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I take a look at my life and realize there's nothing left. Cause I've been blasting and laughing so long that even my mama thinks that my mind is gone. But I ain't never crossed a man that didn't deserve it.